everyone. Welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week. I'm Leslie Erdelak. And I'm Ellen Bayer. This week, we wanted to recap a piece of news involving the FDA and an announcement literally decades in the making. We're talking about the FDA's proposed ban on menthol cigarettes. And the agency recently came out with two proposed rules, one that would impose new product standards prohibiting menthol flavoring from being added to cigarettes, and one prohibiting flavored cigars. So we're focusing on the menthol cigarette ban today because it has major public health implications. They account for more than a third of all cigarette sales in the United States. Um, But it also represents a pretty big development on a longstanding issue, right? So this rule has been both highly anticipated, it's been debated for years, and Ellen, I know you've been following this too. Um, So what can you tell us about it? Sure. And before we get into talking about the proposal, I think it's important to understand what the issue is with menthol itself. Besides having that minty flavor that makes cigarettes taste better and makes them more appealing to a lot of people, especially young people, menthol actually interacts with nicotine in the brain and makes it easier to get addicted to cigarettes. So that's kind of the crux of the problem right there, because we know that most regular smokers get hooked on cigarettes before they're 25 years old. So getting people into menthol cigarettes early is a big factor leading to long-term addiction to cigarettes. The proposed rule, as you said, is considered a product standard by the FDA, and it's pretty straightforward. It would ban menthol as a cigarette flavor in any way, shape, or form. So menthol couldn't be used in any cigarettes or cigarette components, including those sold separately like tobacco, filters, paper, and wrappers. And the ban would apply to the manufacture, distribution, or sale in the U.S. of any cigarette or cigarette component that has menthol in it. And the ban would start a year after the effective date of the final rule. And as you said, Leslie, this proposal doesn't exactly come as a surprise. It's been a long time coming, right? Yeah. So several countries have already banned menthol, including Canada in 2017. But if you think about you know, some of the biggest decisions in tobacco control policy over the last few decades, this one, I think, is right up there with you know, the 1970 ban on televised cigarette ads, the 1998 master settlement agreement that restricted tobacco advertising targeted at kids, and the 2009 Tobacco Control Act, which gave FDA regulatory control over tobacco products. So that 2009 law was significant for that reason. You know, Congress gave FDA the authority to adopt product standards, but it also banned all other flavored cigarettes. And so um, that left menthol cigarettes, the only cigarette with a discernible flavor still on the market in the U.S. FDA was required under that law to, you know, carry out research looking at menthol specifically, but there was no movement on it for several years. Nothing was happening, at which point a number of public health groups stepped up and they petitioned the FDA in 2013, and they later sued the agency in 2020 over what they called unreasonable delays in the process. And it was only then that FDA said it would pursue this rulemaking. So one more thing, in that petition, they also called on FDA to 
look at new scientific evidence on the impact of menthol cigarettes, including the disproportionate impact that menthol cigarettes have on certain groups of people. So in addition to this being a public health issue, these questions around health equity appear to have motivated FDA's decision to move on developing these new product standards. Right. And so on the issue of equity, it's important to point out that menthol cigarettes have been used at especially high rates by youth, young adults, and racial and ethnic minorities in this country, particularly African-Americans. Almost 85% of non-Hispanic black smokers use menthol cigarettes compared to 30% of non-Hispanic white smokers, according to the FDA. Last year, over 40% of high school smokers reported using menthol cigarettes, and 7 out of 10 African-American youth who smoke use menthol cigarettes. There's a disturbing reason behind these trends, too. Um, I was reading this New York Times op-ed from a history professor at Princeton, and he wrote that from the start, the marketing of menthol cigarettes targeted at Black people over the past half century was built on an underlying, deeply cynical deception that they were healthy and restorative. Just let that sink in. I mean, we know that there are records from the tobacco industry showing how tobacco companies started to pivot and tried to cultivate consumers in the Black community. So it's clear that when you look at those statistics that you just mentioned, there's um, some really profound health inequities that came about because of aggressive and predatory marketing tactics. Right. And given the higher rates of menthol cigarette smoking in the African-American community, some people have been concerned that a ban on menthol cigarettes could lead to police targeting of African-American smokers. So besides knowing what the proposed rule does, it's important to understand what it doesn't do. Yeah. So assuming the rule is finalized, FDA doesn't have the authority to enforce these product standards for individual consumers, meaning that nobody is going to be criminalized for possessing or using menthol cigarettes. Um, So any type of enforcement coming from the federal level would only apply to manufacturers and retailers. Um, But there's this narrative out there, um, or, or I should say there are concerns too about how state and local law enforcement might try to enforce their own laws and the potential for this to differentially affect um, certain communities with more police encounters. Um, But there's another side to that too, because, you know, while those are serious and very legitimate civil rights issues to think about, as some have pointed out, the tobacco industry is likely exploiting this concern in an effort to get FDA to reconsider. So that's why, in part, you know, during this public comment period that runs through July, FDA is going to be asking for people to weigh in on the potential social justice and racial implications associated with the rule. Yeah, I think that's a really important aspect of the proposal that everyone needs to keep in mind as it moves forward in the regulatory process. And since the proposal came out, the reaction has been mostly positive. Mm -hmm. Um, An American Lung Association representative called it a game changer in efforts to prevent youth smoking. 
the president of the NAACP called it a win for justice. And I think it's notable that NAACP leadership has been very supportive of, of banning menthol and cigarettes and focused on the especially harmful effect of menthol cigarettes on African-Americans. And as you mentioned, Leslie, um, the tobacco industry's really aggressive marketing practices and event sponsorships that have driven up smoking in black communities. Um, on the other hand, others, including the Reverend Al Sharpton, continue to be concerned about potential unintended consequences and, and social justice implications, like you were mentioning, Leslie. At this point, we don't know if the tobacco industry plans to file a lawsuit to prevent the ban from taking effect. Um, a spokesperson for Altria, which owns Philip Morris USA, said they plan to continue to engage in this long-term regulatory process. So we'll have to wait and see what happens next. Right. Yeah. So again, comments are due in early July, after which the agency will sort of decide on those final standards. And we have a new article out today on Health Affairs Forefront that highlights what we expect to happen next in this process. Um, so FDA is likely to issue those final rules, but we should also be prepared, I agree with you, for more interference, um, legal challenges, of course, from the tobacco industry. But also keep in mind, you know, if these product standards are implemented, then we're going to need to think about the kinds of support available for people who are trying to quit smoking so that they don't just make the switch to non-menthol cigarettes or other tobacco products. Um, nevertheless, we're going to continue to follow these developments in FDA's rulemaking process. Absolutely. Well, sounds like that's a good place to wrap up for today, Leslie. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you like this podcast, please tell a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please leave a review, which will be very helpful. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, Leslie.